thank you for joining us here at Zion United Church of Christ Fireside in Bellevue, Ohio. If you would like to reach out to us, we would be thrilled to journey with you on your walk with God. Call us at 419-483-6658 in the United States. Reach out to us on our Facebook page or send us an email at zionunited at gmail.com with any prayer requests or questions you may have. Remember to make time for God and confess Jesus as your way to God to give you hope in this life. May you be blessed by God and be a blessing for another. We hope to see you again. Will you pray with me? O God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. L.P. Jones, a Presbyterian pastor and author, wrote of a professor who told a class of doctoral students that they already had an A in his class. The challenge was to keep it. 1 John 3 begins by praising the love of God for calling us children of God, we who are not yet complete in God's sight. John then notes that no one is free of the sin which brings disorder and lawlessness. But Jesus came to take away sins, and no one who abides in him sins. We all seek to abide in him, but we know that while we are on this earth, we cannot escape from sin. We cannot escape from the presence of sin, but we can escape from the power of sin. Jesus promises to have a voice in the chaos that we live in today, given us a knowledge that the sins that we commit today will not have the last word on our souls. Can we keep the A? Perhaps not, but we will have a fresh start if we only take the next step. It is like the moment that my freshman high school class was told on our first day that we had a clean slate. Middle school or junior high got us to where we were. But whether we had an A or a C did not matter anymore. We were at a new place and started with a clean slate. That is what it is like when we go to heaven. We may have had a C average or worse down here, but if we take the next step and are not too disheartened to continue on to the big kid's school, We start with that fresh A. Yet if we want to reach there, we need to keep doing the work down here. Have you taken in some of the stained glass windows in our church recently? There are plenty of beautiful scenes, but the one at the front of the sanctuary for all to see is that of Jesus as a shepherd. Jesus is holding a sheep in one arm and a staff in the other, 
leading those who may feel lost and troubled. Well, can sheep feel troubled, you may ask? I am not sure of that, and some may say that sheep do not feel much of anything. I am reminded of the children's story where the sheep that Jonathan Toomey was carving for a manger set was not right because it was supposed to look proud because it was with the baby Jesus. I am sure that in a farming community, I will learn about more about sheep than I ever knew before. But what I do know now is that whether they knew it or not, someone cared for them. Someone had their best interest in mind, even if they were going astray. Last week, we heard the story of Peter and John going out to the temple and healing a lame beggar. It happened to attract quite a lot of attention. In fact, Peter and John, who had finally worked up the courage to emerge from behind their locked doors, suddenly found themselves under house arrest after the first miracle that they had performed in Jesus' name. Further, Peter is now faced with giving a defense against many of the same, very same council members of the high priest that had convicted Jesus just a month before. The people who were amazed at the miracle had started listening to what Peter had to tell them about the resurrection of the dead, and this is what led the Sadducees to make the arrest. The Sadducees believed the resurrection of the dead to be a false teaching, which was not permitted in the temple. It was especially concerning because about 5,000 of those who heard Peter believed him, according to Acts 4. Barbara Brown Taylor writes that the Sadducees are among those whom the Romans hold responsible for keeping such crowds from forming. And thus, Peter and John are not just theologically wrong, but they are dangerous to the peace of Jerusalem, and more than that, to the Pax Romana, the peace that is guaranteed by Rome. The Sadducees are afraid because they want to do whatever it takes to keep peace in the holy city. Yet it must have been discouraging to Peter and John to have finally overcome their fear. And then the first time that they go outside to do the work that Jesus told them to do, they end up being arrested. Perhaps they had to remind themselves of the true source of power. Psalm 23 is a psalm very near and dear to so many Christians. It is a psalm of comfort in times of distress. Is it a reminder that God walks with us, even when we are walking through very dark times? Even when we are arrested and tried, or even when it seems like we have the worst luck in the world, God is still with us. One reflection that I read on Psalm 23 called us to imagine Jesus praying the words found in Psalm 23. 
Read it as Jesus' own prayer in the face of his suffering. And then we can pray it as we are in Christ. Jesus suffered far worse than any of us can imagine, so that we might have less suffering of our own, or so that our suffering need not be permanent. God is with us, regardless of whether we are able to recognize that God is with us. Even when it seems like God is letting us walk alone, God still comforts us. God still loves us. God still cares for us deeply. We do not have to fear any evil. It may be easier said than done. The psalm does not promise that we, do, that we will not have enemies, though. It says that we celebrate God's table being with us in the presence of our enemies. Again, we are not saved from the presence of sin in this life, but we are saved from the power of sin over us the power of evil over us. That is, we can be confident that the evil and sin in this world do not have to control the way we think or the way we act, and it does not have to instill fear in us to block out our confidence in God's power. For that is what fear does. It makes us less confident in God's power. A baby bird in a nest may not know much of anything either, but they expect that their mother will come back to the nest to feed them and to comfort them. We have a robin's nest that was made in our Easter cross this spring, and we are hoping that the mother is able to take care of them and we will be able to watch the process unfold. Are you able to expect that God will be walking with you and taking care of you, even in the face of the unknown? Can we trust that God is on our side and that God is here for us? I hope that we can. For once we hear this lesson and gain confidence in it, we are called to go out into the community and help others in God's name. Throughout this Easter season, we have wondered what is next. When the tomb was empty, the disciples wondered what they were to do next. When Jesus told them to have the courage to go out and continue doing the same ministry that they had done before, they eventually worked up the courage to do just that. Now they are arrested. What is next? What is next is to renew their trust in God. Even in the most trying times, God is working with God is walking with them. Even when it seems like you have lost your strength, God gives you new strength. As Jesus said, and I lay down my life for the sheep. We may not want to be compared to sheep, 
as we see them as lesser creatures than us. And Jesus told us, in fact, that we are worth more than many sparrows. We are worth more than the animals around us. But Jesus compares us to sheep here so that we can understand the nature of Jesus' relationship with us. We do not know what is in store for us, but we do know that there is always someone nearby who has our best interest at heart. What is next is to trust that God will not lead you into something that you will never make it out of. Jesus does not leave us to be scattered by the wolf. We have a shepherd, and sheep are never afraid when the shepherd is nearby. William L. Self, the senior pastor of Johns Creek Baptist Church in Alpharetta, Georgia, writes about 1 John 3. Because we know we are gods, he writes, because we love what is right, and because we love God's people, despite our failures in performance, we have all the earmarks of belonging to Christ. We have the acceptance of God when we live by the principles of love and righteousness. There is evidence of, of rewarding prayer in our lives. We possess the will to obey, and we are possessed by the Spirit. Do we know that we are God's? We trust in the promises we find in Psalm 23. Do we love what is right? We love to see people who are good get rewarded. Do we love God's people? We are a shepherd to them of sorts. We care for one another and we help to build each other up when we become discouraged. Thus, we are children of God. We learn to trust God by nurturing our own relationship with God, by living the word, by praying regularly, by obeying what you feel God is calling you to do, and by receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is the same spirit that led ordinary men and women to preach God's message to those who needed to hear it. We do not need to be capable on our own to share God with others. We only need to lean on God with the help of God's Spirit. We have shifted from the post-resurrection experiences of the disciples to the nature of God's work in this world. The disciples have been called to continue ministering. Thomas Long, a professor of preaching, notes that in the face of God's deeds of mercy all around us, we are summoned not merely to say how wonderful, but to turn around, to repent, to change our citizenship, and to become a faithful part of God's work in the world. How can we do this? We participate in the ministry of God by participating in the wider works of the church, such as collecting donations for the disaster relief buckets, which are due today. 
We care for one another as the church. We are the work of the church. We reach well outside the borders of our church with our special offerings. Love is known not only by words and speech, but in truth and action. As 1 John 3, 18. Jesus, mis- Jesus was misunderstood by nearly everyone around him. As Christians, we can also expect much the same if we are anything like Christ. But we do our work anyway. We trust God. God will guide us through. After we have seen the word and after we have taught the word, we are called to live the word. Jesus is our comforter and our strength. We can take the risk to speak to the stranger in the pew to build the bonds that make our community as a church according to whatever our gifts are. If you have received the Spirit, you do have a gift that will build up our community. God works in us. God works for us. Together, we are making a better world. As the disciples feared no evil, we also fear no evil when we face those who are against us and those forces that try to break us. They may knock us down, but God helps us back up. We are the church. Only together can we be the church. Thanks be to God, and amen. From 2 Corinthians 13, 13, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We are so glad that you are seeking God with us, and we pray that the message you are about to hear is a blessing to you. I am Brian Niebank, pastor of Zion United Church of Christ Fireside in Bellevue, Ohio. I thank you for joining us today as we seek to walk together with God, expressing our love in Bible study and prayer, living the life of the church and serving others and worshiping God. May God bless you today.